There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. This week, I'm talking with South Korean drag activist Heezy Yang about randomness and how pulling hotties in a bar or on hookup apps doesn't have to just be about sex. It can open up all sorts of new opportunities. Hey, I'm like getting with this guy. He's French and, you know, you're like mixed race and I'm Korean. So why don't you come up and let's have some interracial <laughs> orgy or something. You're listening to Probably True. Please be aware that this podcast may contain strong language and adult themes. It would be boring without them. Um, I think to explain this thing, this the title of my story how randomness rules our lives it would be easier if i use a few examples so like um the first thing would be my friend ali who is my best friend who's from london but who now lives in seoul so how i met him is because in 2017 i was invited to queer asia conference at soas in london i was invited to come and do some drag show at the school. So before I came, I wanted to have some get some information about the SOAS and London in general. So yeah, I was thinking about that. But then one night I was on Tinder and I was just swiping and then I see this guy. <laughs> and then like before I even see his face and pictures, I just noticed that he's from SOAS. <laughs> yeah, he studied at SOAS. So I was swipe right. And then I guess he swiped right too. So yeah, we matched. And then um, we hung out a few times and Uh then... I'm sure you did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know know what you mean. So like, um, yeah, actually there was this... We are like, we're really good friends. So we wouldn't do anything, you know. We wouldn't even think about doing sexual stuff because that would be really weird. We're like, you know, brothers, you know, race. But... um, uh, when we were like not so close, I would, you know, <laughs> drunkenly text him that, hey, I'm like getting with this guy. Uh, he's French and, you know, you're like mixed race and I'm Korean. So why don't you come up and let's have some interracial <laughs> orgy or something. <laughs> I would, you know, text him stuff like that. Yeah, but <laughs> that's one thing. And, and, and um, he declined, presumably? Yeah, um, I think he had something like, I maybe he just thought, what is what the what the fuck is this? Or like maybe um, he had an exam or something. Because back then he was a student. I don't know. I mean, it, I, I I don't know why, but it didn't happen, and I'm glad it didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Anyway, so like we became good friends, and now um, we organize and run Seoul drag parade events and all the related drag events in Seoul. So we're like a business partner. Um, so we run this queer events and parade together. So we do, we work together and we are best friends. Um, it's really cool. And he's introduced me a lot of um, London people that I can meet when I come here. Yeah, all of this happened just because I swiped right when I saw 
um, his profile on Tinder that says he graduated uh, from SOAS. So like that one swipe um, has led me to this uh, where I am with him now, being the best friends and having this connection to London and you know doing a lot of cool things, track events in Seoul. You know it all happened from that one night where I was bored and swiped right on him. So I think that's you know was quite random yeah. that I saw him on Tinder and he you know graduated. Graduated from SOAS, and I decided to swipe right. And yeah, this good friendship and like partnership all happened from that one swipe. I think that that's um, that's exactly what it means. Randomness rules our lives, you know. The second example, also, I yeah, I mean, there are a lot. There can be lots of examples, but I'm particularly choosing the ones related to London since I'm in London. Um, yeah. So there's this guy, Mike. He lives in London, and um, he's in the musical scene. I think he's like a composer or a conductor or something. And he, because of his job, he um, tours a lot all over the world. And he was um, touring in um, Korea with this Mamma Mia team. And um, he was checking out a local gay scene. In Seoul, there is an area called Homo Hill. It's an area filled with <laughs> a lot of gay bars. And there's a gay bar called Soho, and he was hanging out there. And um, this is very blurry. I don't remember much because I was a lot younger and I was drinking like every night. Apparently, I gave this guy my email address, Ooh. not my phone number or social media <laughs> account. I gave him my email address. Okay. And then he email he did email me a couple of days later. Oh, wow. uh, you get yeah, we met at Soho, and you gave me this email address, and you said we should be friends. And I thought you were a cool guy, so yeah, let's hang out. So <laughs> so yeah, uh, we emailed each other, and we became friends you know because i do event hosting and organizing in seoul too he came to some of my uh, drag shows and queer events and also we hung out just having dinner and stuff so we became friends um we had really good time uh good times but um that was in 2014 and then the first time i came to london was 2017 again for the queer asia conference so when i was looking for Somewhere I can stay because, you know, it's really expensive here, accommodation. So I just posted on Facebook that, hey, I'm going to London for the first time. Um, If you have any recommendations on uh, somewhere I can stay, um, Airbnb, whatever, uh, then please let me know. And this guy is like, hey, I'm back in London and um, I like what you're doing in Korea, activism and art and all that. So you can just come stay at uh, my place. We have a living room with a really cool you know, um, not cool, not so cool. I mean, this couch that transforms into bed. So, you know, you can come and stay at my house. That was a very generous offer because, I mean, we hung out a few times and we had a great time. But, like, I didn't think we were, like, that close. And that was years ago. But then as soon as I post about me coming here, he, like, messages me and offers his apartment, living room. So that was really nice of him. And the friendship still lasts. Came to my uh, London solo show last week, too. And um, every time I come to London, he would, you know, show me around and um, takes me to really cool drag shows and introduces me to his really nice friends and all of this just happened because of that one drunk night that I don't really remember I don't even remember much about 
So yeah, all this friendship started from there. And he's a, such a good supporter of my art and my drag and all of that. And, um, you know, this friendship developed. Yeah, again, it was so random that I bumped into this guy um, drunkenly on Homo Hill. And then we, uh, our friendship started from there. It's, it's random. And then, oh, probably he has this habit. If he's drunk and if he's in a gay bar, he always goes topless uh, okay. and dancing. So maybe that's why I went to talk to him. I don't know. Because he was yeah. hot and topless. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember, but that's a, that's a possibility. White gay guy dancing shirtless. <laughs> there are so few. Now I have some connections in London. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Some good connections. And then since I started doing art, yeah, this would be the third example. So I met Lawrence maybe like in 2016 in Seoul when he was part-time teaching and also practicing art. Uh, we met at an art open mic. And um, he did this weird thing. He always does, puts on this weird mask and talks weirdly and speaks weirdly and does this awkward contemporary stuff on stage. So I was like, ah, oh, that's bizarre. And then when he took off his mask and when he was just talking to people, having a beer, he was a completely normal guy, like very nice and uh, kind. And he was giving out this, this, this um, drawings of bugs or insects that he drew on small pieces of cardboard maybe yeah maybe that's not so normal but <laughs> he was doing that and i was just oh that's good um the guy on the stage was very crazy and awkward but it's this guy off the stage very kind and cute so i, I would go be friends with him maybe i went up to talk to him and we became friends because in seoul i had a lot of you know activist friends and queer friends and gay friends but i didn't really have uh friend that I can talk about or uh, discuss my art practices and career as an artist and all of that but Lawrence became that friend um, for me so which was really nice and then since he moved back to London he has given me a lot of opportunities that I could use like last year he gave me an opportunity to come to his school which is Chelsea College of Arts and um, I could guest lecture there I uh, never imagined speaking in front of students, talking about art. He gave me that opportunity and he created and organized my art show. And thanks to that, I met you too. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been here talking to you right now. So yeah, randomness. What would you say the lesson was to kind of Ooh, yeah. embracing randomness? I think you got to be open to new people and new things and like new situations and then also you need to treat them, the opportunities, situations, and the people that randomness brings to you to treat them nicely and kindly. And then you also have to be open to where they might lead you. I'll be back with more from Heezy after this. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. What was it that kind of drew you to drag as an art form? There was not really a drag scene in Seoul, which was only like four or five years ago. I mean, there were some drag artists, but there wasn't really a scene. Luckily, I had some friends who were like really dedicated drag artists. So I was just inspired by them. And that looks fun. Maybe I should give it a try. So I gave it a try and um, I liked it because back then, you know, I didn't analyze anything. I just had fun. But now that I think about it, Probably I um, felt some sort of liberation, like, you know, I can express my gender and my um, feelings um, in this way too, wearing this kind of stuff and this makeup that I don't normally wear and um, that society doesn't think is normal for men, you know. Because of that, I think I felt really liberated and happy, so I carried on doing it. And um, I thought nowadays, especially, there's no set rule in drag. You should only wear this kind of stuff. You know, you can do whatever, literally whatever you want to do. You can do spoken words, you can sing live, dance, or do comedy, looking however you want to look. So I think it's a really cool art form without, you know, much limits. Uh, even though I'm like an introvert in general, when I am given a chance to go on stage, I'm like an ex- exhibitionist. I'm like, hey, look at me. And <laughs> I want to do whatever I, I can do. But um, yeah, even though I want people to, you know, feel my presence and I want to show them what I've got. Um, when I first started performing on stage, you know, I, was, I wasn't sure, completely sure what I was doing and how I should you know, be doing this. After years of practices and, you know, experiences, I think I know a little bit better at controlling myself and controlling the audience and all of that. When I first had a chance to perform on stage in drag, you know, if you don't know anything, you're not scared. (laughs) So I was just, oh, I guess I'm doing it now. (laughs) So I had fun. But um, the more I get to learn about drag and other drag performers and you know the more I see other people performing I would get inspired and motivated but at the same time I get more and more scared because you know that there are these people nailing it doing their job fantastically so yeah at first I wasn't nervous at all but afterwards I guess I was more nervous and anxious when I go on stage. But nowadays, I don't really get nervous. I'm like, I've had enough, just enough experience to not to be too anxious about what I'm doing on stage. But um, every once in a while, if it's a really cool show or cool opportunity, 
Then if it's something big, then I get a bit nervous, more like excited. I am not really interested in becoming the best drag artist, the most well-known drag artist in South Korea or anything. I have enough people who recognize me and support me. And uh, what I want to do is using these platforms I have, I would like to create more safe and fun spaces for other um, drag fans and drag artists, especially the ones who are starting out because there's not, it's always for the newbies. They don't have enough, they don't get enough opportunities. So I want to have, I want to create events and all that so that they can come out and um, try drag and performing. But, um, you know, they should be able to be themselves and not be judged, you know, too harshly. You know, some advice or um, criticism could be nice, but like, you know, some at some venues or with some drag artists, they they go really harsh. Like, oh, they don't look like this, you know, um, gorgeous RuPaul's Drag Race drag queens, or like, oh, their stage performances are not, you know, perfect. But I don't think being perfect or looking gorgeous are the most important things when you do drag or when you do art in general or when you're just leaving. Um, as long as you um, just try things out and you find out about yourselves, you can develop your skills and you can improve with being who you are and expressing yourself, then I think that's good. I think that's the most important thing. So I want to help people having those opportunities. You say you want to create some more safe spaces for people to learn uh, dragon things. What's society's reaction to your drag art or to the drag parades and things that you do? LGBTQ people are more becoming more and more visible in Korea and these Christian um, protests are losing their power more and more. So that's good. So I'm not too worried about that. Nowadays, because we are becoming more and more visible LGBTQ culture and people. Um, me and Seoul Drag Parade and the events I do and people around me, we get a lot of um, opportunities to talk to the media and be on magazines or news, things like that, which is really good. People, when I'm just performing or protesting in the streets, lots of people come to me and, you know, tell me that, they support what I do and, oh, you're cool, things like that. So Brilliant. that's really nice. Yeah. yeah. From your activism and your, your kind of art, have you seen any actual progress being made? So there's this religious university in Seoul or I don't know if it's in Seoul, it's somewhere in Korea. And uh, on, you know, on Idaho Day, these queer and or ally students, they um, showed up at their, what's it called, chapel in rainbow outfits. And then the school suspended them and they punished them. But um, a couple days ago, I read it in the news that the students filed a lawsuit against school and the court, um, they agreed with the students. So yeah, so that's one thing. And um, and the Seoul Pride is becoming like bigger and bigger. When I first went to Seoul Pride in like 2010, I think there were just a couple uh, thousand people, 2000 people around this small stream. But um, now this year we had 120,000 people wow. at Seoul Plaza in front of Seoul City Hall. So yeah, it's 
getting really, really big, really fast. You see like all, all kind of LGBTQ people, younger, older people, and um, even allies, some, you know, family, they come with their kids and even older generations in their like 40s, 50s, 60s, they would come to show support. So I see these things ha happening. So I do think things are actually changing. Wow, that's amazing. That's brilliant. And yeah. it's it must be really nice to see the changes happening and know that like it's not all because of you, but you're helping to make that happen. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I really don't know if I am contributing at all or that much, but um, it's just really nice to be there to witness it when i come to like london or um, new york i see rainbow flags everywhere in july and june and um, all these lgbt events and um, drag shows happening every night everywhere and um, people are cool with lgbtq things and people in general but um, it's not like that in seoul but i personally prefer being in korea seeing the change and possibly being part of the change i think it's a lot more interesting for me than being in a country where it's already all done and just enjoying the drag show when i look at korean teenagers nowadays some of them do drag at school like drag and people think that's cool so it's changed a lot in the last 10 15 years which is amazing, amazing. yeah when you were at school, were there, were there any um, out gay kids? Uh, yeah, it wasn't a thing. But um, when it comes to change, Korea changes really quickly. Whatever that, with, yeah, whatever that is, fashion, um, politics, all of that, yeah, really fast. I can't even keep up with it. Awesome. In fact, you well, so much as keeping up with it, you've been helping make some of it. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm like, a, oh, I do activism. I'm like a savior to this. Korean LGBTQ people, but <laughs> because I um, originally started just with queer art, just to express how I feel and what I want to express and all that. And it's nice that you can use your art to improve things for other people as well. I think so. I'm, I think I'm very lucky in that sense. Yeah, doing what I like and talk about whatever I uh, want to talk about, and then it can possibly change someone's life or affect them in a good way. And um, it's, it, it would be great if I can, you know, contribute to changing the world in a good way. I think you already are. Yay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone listening to this wanted to find out more about your work or get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? You could do it by checking out my website, heezyyang, H-E-E-Z-Y-Y-A-N-G dot com. That's my website. But, you know, um, if you have a website, you need to, like, update it and <laughs> you get lazy. So <laughs> so if you want to see more, you know, updated and new stuff, then probably follow me on social media. Find me on Instagram or Facebook with my name, Yang. That was probably true. The repeatedly award-winning storytelling series created by me, Scott Flashheart, to remind all of my queer brothers and sisters that we are none of us alone. You can find transcripts of every episode, links and other things at probablytruepodcast.com. There's additional content and other lovely stuff available to subscribers at patreon.com forward slash probablytrue. And if you want to get in touch, just search Probably True Podcast on the socials. If you've just listened to that and thought, 
I've got a great story that would sound brilliant on that podcast, then please get in touch. Just go to probablytruepodcast.com and click the button that says share your story. I was going to have it say tickle your grandma, but you know how people are. They like things spelt out. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.